Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy tools and analysis on the entire internet. Go there now, HashtagBasketball.com. It is time for you to prepare for your drafts. The best way to do that is at HashtagBasketball.com and by listening to this show, I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler P. Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael, if you had to punch someone on the Golden State Warriors, Ooh. who would who would you punch? Okay, so um, full disclosure, um, I am not tall enough to play basketball in the in the NBA. So I pr- probably a trainer or like an assistant coach, maybe. None of the Dude, players. I think those guys are could, enormous. Have you ever? These guys up close are enormous. No, nah, I wouldn't. I think you could take Steve Kerr. No, I have too much respect for Steve Curry. Steve Curry is just a great man. He's already been punched by a Michael. I don't. I don't think I need to double up on that. <laughs> you know, not not doubling down. Uh-huh. Jordan got him good. Uh, I don't. I don't think I need to reiterate. Uh, I don't need to pile on. The Another small legend. He only legend weighs a hundred. He only weighs hundred and eighty pounds. Ryan Rollins. He's he's on. He's on. Have to go for. What's, uh, what's that one guy, uh, Max McClung or something? No, oh, he's out now. Mac McClung. Max they, McClung. Maybe I'd punch Mac McClung. I already said uh, they, they switched up their training camp roster uh, just the other day. They signed a couple guys, and they, they got rid of old McClung, unfortunately. Yeah. They did bring in Dante DiVincenzo to fill the... Um, um, the, the amount of white people that uh, each team is forced to have by the NBA, I think, so. Good for them. Get rid of Matt McClung. <laughs> quota? Meet the quota? There is no quota. There is no white quota, and there shouldn't be, uh, for God's sake. Yeah. Um, Draymond. Like, though, this this developing Draymond story, right? Um, punched? It'd be a... A small thing could be a big thing, right? Jordan um, Poole? Yeah. It's obviously... like that's, that's the deal? Yeah. And there's obviously some tension here, I think. And there has been some talk, right? So the Warriors don't extend anybody unless they're going into, like, the last year or in the last year of their contract, basically, right? So Draymond's in a weird scenario where he has a player option for next year. So they've already told him, like, you're not really technically in the last year of your contract the way we look at it, so we're not extending you. Okay. Draymond Green can opt out of his contract become a free agent. Okay. So it's going to be a question of, like, you know, do they extend him? It doesn't seem like they're going to. Does Draymond resign in free agency with them? Probably, but, like... If things start going bad here, like this could become a bigger issue, and I don't. I'm not saying that it will, but like this is the data point, right? It's something to watch. It's uh, out there, like right? Any box score would be. It's right. not like you know all these guys. Let's just all be honest with each other. We all know this. All these guys. This is their job. Uh, this is a business, and um, I don't care what you think about first off like all respect to the players it should be a players league they should own everything etc etc a power all power to labor right 
Uh, fuck the all, fuck all the owners trying to make a buck off uh, off these dudes' talent. It's still pretty important to maximize your earning because these guys really think about it. Their careers are really quite short when you think about it. If you think about someone who's working, right? Uh, unfortunately, we live in a society where we have to work like forty some years. We don't even get a pension plan anymore. Except uh, retirement is not guaranteed. It is a horrible, uh, uh, soul sucking ca- uh, capitalistic system. These guys have extraordinary talent. Getting that last paycheck for Draymond Green is a big deal. It's a huge deal, even though it's more money than all of us will ever have combined. Right? It's still a huge deal. I agree that we should be keeping an eye on this because stuff like this is the shit that lays in the background that when teams are facing adversity, when they're losing games they should be winning, this is the shit that bubbles to the top. Well, and Chris Chris B. Haynes uh, from Yahoo had a great tweet, right? It says, Rainbow Green was apologetic in the aftermath of the altercation with Jordan Poole, but there was a buildup stemming from teammates noticing a change in Poole's behavior throughout camp with the guard on the verge of securing a lucrative extension. Hmm. Apparently, Clay Thompson said the other day that it was nice to humble Jordan Poole after winning a three-point shooting contest. Interesting. Man, so there is something, and I, I, I actually, I, I think I've just been kind of like scurrying Twitter a little bit, but a lot of the Memphis people are like, yeah, we told you about Jordan Poole. So, okay. So, I don't know. This may be nothing, maybe something, but it's something to watch. Yeah, I, um, you know, overall, right, I am not, none of this affects my rankings of Draymond Green. None of this affects um uh, jordan my ranking of jordan pool uh none, none of this is going to change where i have where i think these guys are going but if you have a league like where you're like you have a league with your friends right probably a good reason to play up uh this 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 uh send this article out send this send these tweets out to your team's a text message, right? And get them to be like, I don't know if I want Jordan Poole. I'm seeing Jordan Poole fall into the sixth, seventh round, um, well outside the top 50. And I- I'm going to go out to uh, Yahoo because I'm already there uh, because we're about to do a who do I draft. And Jordan Poole's ADP is 66.8. Yeah, I, we, we were just talking about this before the show. I'm, t- I'm drafting an actual league that counts, right? And Jordan Poole just went in 77th overall. I don't Crazy. understand. Because young, right? Just yep. finished fifty second in per game value. I'm not talking totals. I'm talking per, per. game. Yes, per game. Though. Oh, he's a top fifty guy in totals because he he played seventy six games. Like I don't know what there isn't to like about Jordan Poole this year. Jordan um, Poole, ninety two percent from the line. 18 and a half points, four assists, almost three threes a game. That's not the yeah. that like if you're getting that guy outside of your top fifty, a guy who's scoring nineteen points, it's pretty nice. And four assists, that's, that's a nice little stag. I mean, like that's very like him and CJ McCollum, right? I feel like they're kind of very similar players. And like, yeah, except for CJ, except for Jordan Poole, you know, hits his free throws. So yeah, CJ McCollum is in that, you know, 50, 60 range. 
Jordan Poole should be in that 50-60 range, and he's going outside of that. I just don't get it. I don't get it. But it's another one. Like, there's just some some strange there's ADPs it. on Yahoo, I think, and, and that's one of them for me. Well, yeah, let's talk Let's talk about that a little bit. I think it's good we should, you know, throw a little bit of our observations as, as before we do who do I draft. Um, there's a handful of guys I've noticed who seem to be falling out of favor. Uh, Jeremy Grant is definitely falling out of favor. And while Jeremy Grant, like, to me, like, not a, you know, not a guy I target, not a, a name that I'm like, oh, i got to give me some Jeremy Grant, but he's going uh, currently ADP 78. Overall, I've seen him fall even further than that. And we talked about this maybe not too long ago. Jeremy Grant, probably the second leading scorer in Portland. Yeah, like, what is not to like about Jeremy Grant in fantasy? Like, I get Jeremy Grant's not a big name. And, like, yeah, okay, he had a couple big years in Detroit. But, like, no one was watching, for the relatively speaking, right? Like, so, but I don't get it. Like, what's not to like about this guy's fantasy game? Like, Blocking a steal guy like that. Just yeah. the last two years in Detroit, averaged 20.9 points a game like that. He's to they, covet the 1-1-1 one, one, one guys. He's a 1-1-2 one, one, guy. Two, right, and points. like, okay, I get it. Like, not the best percentages and, and sure. maybe not the best rebounds and not the best assists, but like, a lot of good stuff from a guy like going in the 70s. Yeah, pretty crazy. Like I said, uh, yeah. 70, 78 overall, I've seen him go even further than that. And I think these are the kind of guys I'm targeting in that plateau region, right? We talk about this all the time. we got the tiers uh, and the plateaus, which you can uh, you can find my tier rankings on patreon.com slash watching the boxes for free. Uh, go check that out. But once you get to like 45, 50, that's when those tiers start. Those guys are the elite guys. First top 50 guys, top 45 guys. Those are truly the elite guys. And then the like the average value of these guys starts plateauing out. And that first plateau though, when you're drafting, you know, that should be after, you know, after 50. But there's a ton of guys who are hanging around that 50 zone, right? The top of that plateau at the beginning of that plateau. Um, who are being drafted well, well into the uh, the first plateau, if not the second plateau, seventh, eighth round. And I think these are a couple guys who um who fit that mold. Uh, another one of those guys is the ever um, popular on watching the boxes, uh, Al Horford. Currently, eighty six point one ADP. Well, I mean, everyone hates Al Horford because they think he can't do anything because he's old. And I, I mean, I don't know. Like Al Horford, what? What did Al Horford finish last year? Like, why does Al Horford keep having to do it? Like, I'm gonna yeah, you wanna... him doing it till till he doesn't do it. He was fifty eighth last year in per game, playing twenty nine minutes a game. No big deal. Blocks are good. Steals are good. Good assists. Like, sure, you wish he scored a little bit more these days, but they don't need him to in Boston. Like, yeah, I don't know. And it's not like the Celtics have this, like, crazy deep front court. Like, their guard depth is is pretty impressive. But, like, they don't – who else they got in the front court? Robert Williams is hurt. They don't got anybody. Once again, another 1-1-1 guy, right? Like, he is a threat. The steals are a little low, but, like, he is a threat to be a steal, a block, and a three. His percentages are good. And, you know, Al Horford has talked in this in this preseason. Now we know it's preseason. You know, these guys say all sorts of things like, oh, you know, Dr- uh, Andre Drummond is shooting threes in practice. It's like, yeah, don't, don't tell me that. I don't care. Like, that's not going to happen in real life. But when I hear Al Horford saying, I'm getting myself into better shape because I want to play more back-to-backs and I want to make – 
uh, Boston a big deal. We want to go to a title, etc. I believe a guy like Al Horford. Like Al Horford is a very serious NBA player. He is. Um, I don't know. I, I have a lot of respect for Al Horford. So when he shows up and goes, I'm getting myself. I've gotten myself in the shape so I can play more back to backs. I believe him. Oh, one hundred percent. Like, uh, you know, Celtics are out to prove that they could win the championship this year, and so. I mean, I think all those guys are motivated after losing in the finals. Yeah. Horford included, right? And so Horford goes for, you know, even a couple more games this year, right? Like he played sixty nine last year though. Let's let's it's let's not bad. Give him props for that's that. That's pretty good. Right? Like that's that's well above average nowadays, right? Like this is not and he's thirty six. Like it's not like he's forty two. And that's what I don't understand about like a lot of these guys. It's like for some players in fantasy, like the second you get over thirty or like thirty-two, it's like, oh, well, he can't do anything anymore. Like, if you've been right now Horford off for the last five years, which a lot of people have, mm-hmm. look at what you missed out on in the last five years. A lot. Think about how many quality Dirk years you missed. Think about how many quality Tim Duncan years you missed. Chris Paul. Yeah. Jesus, Chris people Paul's... been writing off Chris Paul for the last te- almost decade now, right? I'm, like, gu- I'm guilty. It's like, oh, Chris Paul is done. And you're like, bro, Chris Paul was in the top 20 last year. Like, don't kid yourself. Like, guys are getting, careers are getting longer because of sports science, right? Like, people are taking care of their bodies better than they did in the past. And it's just lengthening out everyone's career. And so I'm basically going to bet on someone until they can't do it. And especially when the discount gets baked in, right? It's like... For any of these old guys, it's not like I have to pick Chris Paul at 20. If I had to pick Chris Paul at 20, I'd actually be like, you know, maybe not. I like this guy better, right? When I have to pick Chris Paul at 45, it's all upside. Because even if he takes a step back, what's he going to be? Well, around 45. 45, yeah. That's what I like. And that's what actually I love getting this old man discount. Um, I think it's fantastic because... Really, you can go ahead and feel safe about taking, you know, another player you like who you think is going to end up, you know, finishing the second, third round type of value, right? And then wait another round, and there's your second and third round value old guys still sitting there, like your Chris Middletons, like your Drew Holidays. Though I will say Drew Holidays is getting a little bit more respect than uh, he usually does this season. I'm not getting as many drew holiday discounts as i used to but i am seeing a lot of jimmy butler discounts seeing him dropping into like um third maybe even the fourth round in, in, in some of these cases yeah i mean that's that's crazy talk too like the jimmy butler hate is real this year and i don't understand that um i will give that on drew holiday man maybe somebody maybe everyone's done listening to me or maybe you know just other people are realizing like how underrated your holiday is and um, I think, and I've I said this to you before the show, right? Like, I feel like almost in every draft, like, I, there's so much value out there for what I personally think, you know, things are going to end up as. And maybe I'll look foolish at the end of the year, and that's okay, right? Like, we all make mistakes and then adjust from them. But, like, I feel like so many guys are getting bumped up that I don't necessarily want, like, to places I don't necessarily want them. I shouldn't say that, right? Like, they're getting bumped up so high that I'm like, dude, I don't see the value in that. And then that leaves guys for me that I'm like, dude, I have this guy, you know, as a top 20 guy and I'm getting him at pick 35 and I have this guy as a top 35 guy and I'm getting him at pick 55. Like, um, I just feel like there's a lot of value on the board this year, maybe more so than ever. Yeah, there's a ton of value. And I was, I've been doing a lot more mock drafts after my embarrassing 
uh, mock draft podcast, and um, I've noticed no matter where I'm choosing, it, at the beginning, the middle, the end, at the turn, whatever, um, after I get into that, that third round, like the third through seventh round, I'm getting tons of value no matter where I'm picking. There's always another guy because there are the... Uh, so many people reaching, going down, getting a young guy, taking a rookie in the in the in the first five rounds, uh, taking you know uh, Evan Mobley in the second round or whatever. Not that I don't really love Evan Mobley; he's just not a second round player. Um, and I'm getting all these guys who are you know fantasy staples. They just keep falling to me no matter where I'm picking. So I will say, Tyler, if you get to choose, and I don't know if you'll agree with me, but I think if you get to choose, I want the number one pick because I don't think you can build bad team we proved this in our who do, last who do i draft i don't think you can build a bad team around Jokic. i just don't think it's possible but if i can't take the number one pick i kind of want somewhere in that seven and eight range which is i think what we're going to do today is the uh sixth seventh eighth pick one of those i, I kind of want to do stuff curry but um that middle range like six seven eight you're kind of guaranteed one of those top players we talk about, one of those guys who theoretically could finish second overall, um, third overall, but you know for whatever reason these guys are falling down into the middle of the first round. Then you get a really good second round player on the comeback. You get another guy who's a really good third round player because someone's already reached by that time in the third round. And I just I find the middle of the draft really. I usually hate the middle of the draft, but I, f- I find it this year to be probably the second best place to draft other than the number one overall pick. This is what I like about it, right? So they the the league has made some selections for you, right? It's helped you figure out who is left and who you can pick. I personally like six the best because I feel like I have Steph Curry second on my board. Yes. I feel like at six, he's pretty much always there. So I feel like I'm getting the second best player at sixth overall, and then I can kind of work my way back from there. But you can see just by looking at the ADPs, right? Or Jokic, 1.2 average pick, which basically means he's getting picked first in every league except for uh, a very small few, right? Then Giannis is kind of the consensus number two at 3.5. Which means he's not consensus number two, right? He's 3.5. And then 3.7, 4.5, 4.6, and then 6.1. So, like, there's not a lot of, like, okay, it's Jokic, it's Giannis, it's Embiid, yeah. it's Jokic, every... it's Durant. Like, every league's different. It's and a that's maybe shoot. something I like about it. Yeah, I think I like, it, I like it a lot this year. If you look through these ADPs, like, there are three guys who are in the eights. You know, there's uh, one, two, three, four guys who are the 28th pick, basically, on, on ADP. Um, there are multiple dudes uh, who are around 43, 44, right? So a couple other three or four guys who are the 50th pick. Every single round has like a, a, like these like little groups of dudes who no one can figure out if they want them at 18 or 24. Uh, they're all all these guys are liable to slip based on uh, on your draft, and that's why we do this Who Do I Draft series. I think we are going to go with the sixth pick in the draft. I think because it is Steph Curry. We both like Steph Curry. And once again, I don't think it's... I don't think you can build a bad team around Steph Curry either. I just don't think you can build a bad team around him. He's too good. It's hard. It's hard because he's, he gives you so many advantages, right? And 
that's really all you want with your first pick, right? You're not going to lose your draft. Well, well, you could, I guess, if you went with some crazy pick. But, like, you're not going to win or lose your league with your first pick for the most part, right? You're going to do that in the later rounds. Like, Steph Curry, the best three-point shooter in the league, right? Going to give you elite, elite threes. Elite, elite free throw. Um, elite points. I consider anything over 25 elite points. Right. I, I would agree with that. And I think we should you should also really mention, like, lean into that. Yes, everybody's shooting threes these days, but there is a huge difference between the guys who shoot three and Steph Curry, who almost makes five a game last season, uh, four and a half three-pointers a game. If you look at Curry's numbers, um, which not a lot of people do, uh, they just look at the raw stats, right? Like, sure. he shot 38%. Has been routinely in the forty-two yeah. plus. Kind of had a. He, I would and, say he had a bad shooting year for Steph Curry, which is crazy because he but it, was incredible. And and this is something important to remember. Everybody did because everybody was pretty much every shooter shooting bad early in the season. There was a new ball. Definitely played some sort of factor, and either they changed it or the players adapted to it. I'm not sure which one. Percentages went up near the end of the season. Yes, Dane so, uh, also victim to the bad uh, shooting start. I think a lot of players were, if you look under the covers. Right, and so you know, you're telling me he's gone back to 42. That's probably damn near five three pointers a game again. Yeah. And the advantage of that is, like you say, like oh, you know, you got to shoot two to be average, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if you pick Steph Curry, you get a guy making three and a guy making two in one guy. I, I, I can't you disagree leeway. with you. Right. It gives you the leeway to, to pick a center that doesn't hit any. You can go, I got three from Steph Curry, and I just put two on that center. Yeah, it allows you to go with, and now granted, uh, Bob Williams being injured, no longer part of this discussion, but it allows you to go look at centers who traditionally are uh, the, the, the old antiquated center, the center who doesn't shoot threes, which... Uh, you know, used to be obviously the norm up to like maybe like three years ago, that was just pretty normal. And every time someone got, a guy would shoot like a half a three, like Boogie was like a god, he was like shooting three, th- he was making three threes a game, right? And we couldn't believe it. Um, this allows you to focus on guys who are like I think are also slipping guys like Rudy Gobert, uh, Dante Sabonis, Jared Allen, like a uh, Bayam Adebayo, allows you to get these kind of more versatile. Um, center-centric players because you're already dominating in in, in threes from the get-go. That's why, though, you mentioned like it's hard to build a bad team around him because he gives you that those those inherent advantages, right? Those built-in advantages. He's not really bad at anything. Like he gets crazy rebounds for a guard in five. He blocks like point four last year, right? Point four is like, great for a guard. Good. It's good for especially a point guard. Like, there are a lot of point guards, and we don't need the name names, that are getting, like, point two. He's doubling that. So when you look at, like, position versus position, right? Like, my mm-hmm. point guard versus yours. Mm-hmm. I got a point two advantage. That's that's big in blocks. It's huge. Because you don't want to think about it in the very sense of, like, man, he's really bad, and we talk about this all the time in our Who Do I Draft series, and let me just reiterate, we're drafting... The first six, seven rounds uh, of a head-to-head 12-team 
uh, based on the ADPs on Yahoo Standard League nine cat. Steph Curry, right? You look at these uh, zero point four blocks. You don't want to go shit. I'm punting blocks now because my first pick has bad blocks. Your guard is supposed to have not good blocks. Someone else's, everyone else who's drafting a guard, their guard probably going to have not very good blocks either. Except for Steph Curry is getting pretty decent blocks for a point guard. So you're not really like, when you think position wise, you know, 0.4 blocks for a point guard is. Above average, probably, even though it's below average for the average player. Yes, and so that's what I mean. And like, you gotta gotta look at the player versus the other players that they're they're going against, right? Like, just like in real basketball, right? You know, you don't want somebody seven foot tall guarding someone that's six foot tall when that person that's six foot tall is one of the fastest players in the league, right? got to look at your guard against the other person's guard and you go hey, man i got steph curry i'm so much better than the other team's best guard even if they've got someone like you know someone they picked in the second or third round even like a Kyrie or a, i don't know donovan mitchell uh, fred van vliet like steph curry is so much better than those players yeah he just he just is and that's who we're going to take right now uh steph curry adp wise six overall player on yahoo uh, like I said, if you want these ADPs to change, go and do about 100 to 200 mock drafts a day. So the ADPs get a little bit more um, accurate based on our knowledgeable fans out there. The next pick, the second round pick that we're going to build around uh, Steph Curry comes at 19. So let's scroll down here, see who is available at 19. Looks like we got Paul George, we got DeJounte Murray, we got Anthony Edwards is going at 21. All three of those guys going around 21. Bam out of bio. Donovan Mitchell, Donna Sabonis, Kawhi Leonard hanging out at 26 is catching my eye. Fred Van Fleet and Rudy Gobert, Darius Garland, Jimmy Butler. I kind of I mean, I like all these guys. Pascal Siakam, DeMar DeRozan. We're building a team around Steph Curry. We already kind of talked about this. We can target a guy like Rudy Gobert, even though he's in Minnesota, I think Rudy Gobert is still going to get really, really good rebounds, or we can go with maybe a little bit more versatile big with Donda Sabonis or Bam Adebayo. Personally, I think we have to, I think we should go with a big here because later in the draft, there are more, um, I think there are more quality guards hanging out in the, the fourth, fifth, and sixth round than than bigs. See, this is, this is where I think guys fall into a trap in some ways. I think you still at this point i don't care you want the best person you think is on the board yeah. the person who's gonna gonna be the best player right i don't think any of these bigs are the best person left i think quad leonard is the best really person don't. on the board that's fact and i think paul george is probably second mm-hmm. and i'm scared by paul george's recent games played right like it's been a couple years in a row now where he's not played a lot of games but like those two guys offer you some elite stats that, like, even those big men really don't. Like, okay, you're going to say Gobert. He's going to get you elite rebounds and elite blocks. Yeah, great. Look at Kawhi. Like, Kawhi's going to get you elite points. Mm-hmm. And think, it, too, you, you put yourself behind the eight ball in points specifically if you go with one of those big guys here. Because which of those big guys? Now, Bam says he's going to shoot more and score more this year. That's yet to be seen. We'll see. Right? Out of yeah. Sabonis, about 19 points a game. That's pretty good. 
okay, yeah, you could go with him. But, like, isn't he the biggest reach? Because he's not blocking the shots. That's true. And so you look at a guy like Kawhi, I mean, what, 25 on the low end for Kawhi, probably? You're talking seven rebounds, which is damn good. Talking five assists, probably, which is damn good. Elite steals. You know, you got two threes, which is fine. You got elite percentages. Like, that's obviously the guy that I want. Okay. Then the next guy for me, Paul George, like another guy, elite points, damn good rebounds for a, a, a small forward, a shooting guard, a wing, whatever you want to call it. Again, five assists, probably two steals, right? Another elite steals guy. Like, give me a player like that with Curry. I feel like that way you're, you're making sure you're leading points, right? Yeah, and, and I think let's uh, let's not uh, fall into the uh, the Jamal Murray trap as well. Uh, in the in the previous episode, we took Kawhi, we took Jamal Murray. Those both we're probably going to take those guys in every single mock draft just because we think their ADPs are so uh, poorly represented here with Yahoo. So I I'll I'll vote for Paul George. I think he, one he's a little bit more of a, a rebound centric big, but he's getting you the assists. Your steals are going to be absolutely out of this world at this point, and now you have two elite scorers. And you're three. You're you're winning three is still. Yeah, and here's the other thing that I think a guy like Paul George lets you do that some of those big guys don't, right? Like, yeah, we mentioned it. There's a, a point where I basically I want to have a big man by this point. Mm-hmm. But am I bad in rebounds with these two players? Granted that they're the two players that I have. I don't think I am at all, right? Like we mentioned it. Curry's good at rebounding. Paul George is good rebounding for his position. Yeah, he's uh, he, was Paul George. I think if I'm looking at the right stats, yep. Last season, Paul George averaging about seven rebounds a game, and Curry averaging about five rebounds a game. That's like a like a that's kind of like a mediocre, uh, like but acceptable center and a good wing. You have a guard and a wing. Yeah, and so I th- I just feel like getting that type of player who offers the points is just the way to go with this particular um, build around Steph Curry, okay. which I do a lot. So I've, I've really thought a lot about this one, maybe more so than some of the other ones. Nice. All right. Well, then we're going to go with Paul George. Uh, our shooting uh, field goal percentage, not that great, but we're elite in threes and points and free throw percentage. That's three categories that we're already elite in. Uh, and as we just talked about, our uh, assists and uh, rebounds are also very good for our positions. Our steals, probably also elite. Damn, that's a lot of categories that we're really, really good in. Um, obviously, we always ignore turnovers because the best players turn the ball over. We don't. Wherever we land on the scale, we land on that scale. Um, so our blocks and our fugal are a little lacking here as we move into the third round with pick number 30 i'm going to start listing the players that we have available demar Derozan, Cade cunningham bradley beal chris paul deandre ayton nikola vujovic jalen brown zion williamson evan mobley zach levine miles turner jared allen drew holiday who do you like here at pick number 30 I feel like, again, this is another spot, right, where there's a lot of guys, right, and there's a lot of available options. 
Right, and we even see some of these other guys, like, dropping down here, you know, when you're doing your drafts. Like, I've gotten Gobert after pick 30 yeah. multiple times. Mm -hmm. Pascal, so, you probably get Pascal like, Siakam like, here. might even have Jimmy Butler here. And so, like, obviously if some of those guys up a little bit higher are still left on the board, like, don't be afraid to take those guys. Yeah. Even, like, a Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet drops here at 30. That's such a good value. I, have, like, I just, I can't pass that. I have gotten Fred Van Vliet in almost every third or fourth round. Like... Without fail, and he's his ADP is currently twenty eight. Rudy Gobert's ADP is twenty eight. So is Darius Garland. So is Jimmy Butler. So is pa Pascal Siakam twenty nine. That means they are falling past thirty. They are falling into this place. And so, you gotta look and see who's available, right? And if those guys are available, like I want all those guys, right? If Agreed. it's if it's Van Vliet, I don't care. Give me Van Vliet. He's he's a top twenty player on my board. That's a great value baked in. Picking him at thirty. Like, you know what I mean? So, all those guys, fantastic. If it's just the guys we mentioned that are available, right? Mm -hmm. Again, we have to make this kind of decision between the probably better guards and forwards. Yeah, we got Bradley Beal still sitting out there. Right, or a big man. And Beal specifically, like, is a weird one for me, too, because, like, Beal has been so good for so long. He had one crap year that was clearly tied to an injury, right? Yes. And everyone's just like, oh, he sucks. Yep, sorry, I don't want him. Never been. See I'm you like, later. Bradley Beal, not good anymore. Has been. Um, I, I don't know where people are getting... I don't know, yes, he's 29 years old. I don't know where people are getting off on this. That's what I mean. Like, it's different if he's, like, 40, but he's 29. He averaged 30 a game two straight years. Two seasons ago, he was the 11th per game ranked player. 31 yeah, so, points a game. So for me, like, again, this is another one where I'm going, like, I don't understand this. I'm very confused. I mean, Bradley Beal, you know, nine times out of ten, ten times out of ten, nine and a half times out of ten, right? Like, there's some other guys I like here, too, like Chris Paul, mm -hmm. uh, DeMar DeRozan. But, like, I just feel like Beal is so underrated. Beal's a nice pick here because you are, like, tripling up, basically, on all that scoring. Uh, you're going to be dominating in in those guard stats. Um, you are... And another guard with five rebounds. Yeah. And another guard with six assists. You're not completely so again, out like, of it. But, but again, I feel like I'm elite in assists. I'm elite-ish in steals, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I gotta be first in points. I could literally have two top scorers in the league like Beal and Curry could both go for 30 a night I think if we're getting nervous about bigs if you're getting nervous that bigs are coming off the board and you see Nikola Vujovic still sitting here I kind of I, I kind of like him especially in a in a more roto centric league he's not he's not going to hurt you in your free throws either even if you're in a head-to-head -head build he's going to get you threes from your center position double digit rebounds that's really really nice here Beal's probably the most elite player still sitting on the board unless you're kind of a DeRozan guy. I, I, DeRozan's also a scorer, and you've got so many three-pointers, maybe you don't worry about the, the fact that DeMar DeRozan ain't hitting uh, hardly any threes during the season. So I, I feel like there's a lot of options here, but uh, this, you know, I'm going to let you have the, I'm going to let you take Steph Curry all the way through the draft. So Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal it is, Tyler. 
And so, and DeRozan is another like interesting name, and and I'll hit on that for one quick second, right? Because there's the elite percentages again, right? Which sound good. Uh, you mentioned the no threes, but like again, another five rebound guy. Um, I I kind of want Beals, what I think are going to be like an extra assist a game. That's really kind of what separated it for me here. Is like, I feel like we have the opportunity to go from maybe we're the best team in assists to the best team in assists by getting a guy like Beal, right? We just have we have three guys now that are going to get you six. So we have eighteen assists from from our our three guys. Yeah, that's which is just silly, insane. That's stupid. That's that's really dumb. Uh, we are the number one team in points easily. Uh, our rebounds truly aren't that bad for having basically three guards or maybe two guards and one forward. However you want to look at it, uh, we're probably leading the league in in assists out maybe outside of one fluky other guy's uh, draft. Uh, steals, we have to be leading the league in. Three-pointers, we have to be leading the league in. Free throws, we have to be leading the league in. So, really, at this point, we're, we're definitely falling into an ignore blocks, ignore uh, field goal type of build, but even though we haven't had any centers, we're still not uh, quote-unquote punting rebounds. See how this works? Just because we got Steph Curry, we didn't start punting rebounds, we didn't start punting blocks, uh, we just ended up in a place where uh, it seems like blocks might not be the best thing for us to pursue, but it doesn't mean we still can't come back because the, all these guys, you know, are decent um, for their position. Like they're all getting a, almost a half a block a game, um, and that's recoverable, right? So you're not last in blocks, you're not punting blocks. Uh, you're just ignoring it for now, and if it happens to work out, then you get a guy with some blocks. Maybe you're in the middle of the pack all of a sudden. That's really nice, but you're already winning like five other categories. Let's go to the fourth round. Let's go to the 43rd pick in the draft. I'm going to list who's here. Jared Allen, Drew Holiday, Scotty Barnes, Shane Gillis-Alexander, another guy I feel like has fallen too far in the ADPs at 45. Aaron Fox, Chris Stapps, Porzingis, DJ McCollum, Desmond Bain, Harry Rozier, and I'm going to throw in, uh, just for you, Tyler, Jonas Valanciunas there down at 51. Yeah, so this is where it, it gets, you know, it gets a little hairy for me, right? Do I want the center? Right? Do you want do the want rebounds? Allen, do, right? I, do I want Jared Allen? Do I want Jonas Valanciunas? Or do I want someone like Shea Gilges or Drew Holiday? Those are really the only four guys I would say I'm, like, looking hard at. Yeah, and it's, it's almost kind of like, since we went with Beal, kind of still want to go with Shea Gilgis-Alexander. It's a lot of guards on your team, uh, which, you know, whatever. It seems to it, it seems like it could still fit here. Uh, I, I'm i leaning towards Jared Allen, uh, but... That's, that's, I think that's the pick here, and, and here's why. Getting a, how many guys are going to average 10 rebounds? Mm, like eight. Ten? Eight. Maybe. So you're getting elite boards, right? And yeah, they got Donovan Mitchell, but like he's not taking rebounds away from Jared Allen. Oh. So elite, right? Got 1.3 blocks, maybe potentially 1.4, 1.5. Like, that's a little fungible. I think you are not just competitive, but you are in a 12 team league in the top six if you take Jared Allen here blocks i also like what this does to our field goal percentage jared allen an absolute elite 
field goal guy. Even it's it's ten shots a game, but it's sixty eight percent. Now all these other guys are shooting at volume, but like you're saying, if Steph Curry kind of reverts back to the mean, and we always talk about that here uh, on watching the boxes, uh, most of these players we we believe uh, will revert back to the mean. Period. Like uh, that's just how averages work. That's just uh, how normal things go. And uh, two seasons ago, Steph Curry was averaging forty eight. All of a sudden, your field goal percentage combined with Jared Allen isn't looking too bad if Steph Curry ends up having an efficient year. And it's not just the field goal, right? It's the blocks, it's the rebounds. Like, you are getting to where you're pretty damn competitive in every category, and you are still elite, right? Like, Jared Allen got .8 steals a game last year. Yeah. I think you're still you're still near the top in that, right? Probably the top in still. Still super elite in points too. Like Jared Allen, even if you say his scoring goes down because Donovan Mitchell's there to like thirteen. Two guys, you got three guys that are getting you twenty five. Like twenty five. Oh. Not a lot of people who get twenty five. You you've tripled up on twenty five point scores, even though Jared Allen's points are a little bit lower. You're making up for that, and even though his assists are not um, are definitely below average, especially even for a center, they're below average. Um, you're still got three really good players who get seven plus assists and, or, or close to seven assists anyway. And that, uh, is also becoming more rare in the NBA. Sure. And that's what I mean. Like, that's why I think, you know, this, this build kind of goes to another level with that. And like, I feel like you are just, you're so good right now, right? Going into this last couple picks here that we're going to make for you, like, there's really no. You can go in any direction now, and you can you build up your bad categories any way you want. Right? You can build up your bad categories. You could get another. You go after another center. You can go after another forward. You go after another guard. Basically, you can go out. With, you can go after the best player on the board. At this point, you can double up on your points, get them all the way back up to an elite level. You can just keep uh, destroying people in steals and assists. You could even go get some blocks if you wanted to. And let's go see who is available at pick 54. We got Josh Getty, um, who I feel like is going a little high this year. Um, Christian Wood, Johnny Collins, Tyrese Maxey, OG Ananobi, Mikel Bridges, Clay Thompson. Now we're, we're starting to get into that plateau region, right? Right. So let's look at a lot more players than we usually do. Michael Porter Jr., Nurkic. Julius Randle, Tobias Harris, Jordan Poole, uh, injured Bob Williams, Jalen Brunson, Alfred Sagoon, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell. I think that's about as far as I want to go. This is a weird spot for me. Um, just because, you know, I feel like there are a couple of guys here that are, like, top 50 players that just shouldn't still be here, but they are. Yeah, and I would even just, I'm just going to throw it out there. All those guys, we're at pick 54. All those guys started at ADP 58, Chris Middleton, Jonas Valanciunas, Brandon Ingram right above them at 51, average 51. There's also another chance, right? One of those guys falls to you here. That's why I really like picking in the middle of the draft. And so I, I just feel like this is a great spot too, right? Like you you never know what's going to happen in your league. Like if, if Middleton's sitting there, that's that's an easy money homer. You know, If Valanciunas drops, that's another great, great pick. Um. I feel like the guy here that's like that I would reach down and pick is Jordan Poole. Yeah. Talked about this. Weird, you know, weird, weird how the, like, the synergy of the news and then Jordan Poole being the key to this uh, draft. I, I I love it. 
here's the thing I don't understand about it. Jordan Poole finished 51st in per game value last year. Per game. Correct. Per game. And yet, he's going 66th? 66.8? And like, he's young. Warriors are the same team. They got rid of a few guys. They added Dante DiVincenzo. Like, they're basically the same mix. I don't get why anyone thinks what Jordan Poole did isn't real. And so, you tell me I can get him here, another good score, good threes, good assists. Sure, the steals aren't as good as you want, but you're elite in that. Another elite free throw guy. Like, I, I just feel like that's a top 50 guy that I'm getting well outside the top 50, so... So give it, give it to me. Yeah, I like Jordan Poole here. Um, I, I also like Tyrese Maxey. I feel like both of them similar players, right? Depends on maybe you have more faith in Tyrese Maxey. Uh, this year, maybe you don't like uh, to draft players that Draymond has punched in the face, so you're not going to draft Jordan Poole. But they're kind of similar players. You're going to get uh, – you're basically tr- quadrupling up, right, on all the good stats, that you already have if you pick up Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole, elite in free throws. He's going to be approaching 20 points a game. He's going to get you almost three three three-pointers a game. So there's three categories. You're right back up to the top. Four assists a game uh, and almost a steal. So right, you're bumping your assists back up, and you're not getting hurt really anywhere else. Um, Obviously, we're still kind of ignoring blocks here. Um, If you wanted to go the big – and this is why uh, Steph Curry is really nice. If you wanted to go the big route – Jonathan Collins is still there. So Johnny Collins um, is uh, someone who can b- boost up your rebounds, your blocks, have you, and still keep you in the good percentages, both field goal and free throw, if you wanted to go with Collins. Um, but I, I, I like either one of those guys, and uh, I, I like Jordan Poole. Uh, I, I think he – I agree he's a top 50 guy. So let's, let's pencil him in at pick 54. All right, Tyler, we got two more rounds. Actually, I mean, we usually do only do one more round, but I'm going to do two more rounds because I'm feeling feeling frisky. I'm feeling I'm feeling interesting. Pick 67, sixth round of the draft. We got beautiful Bob Williams. We got Jalen Brunson, Alvarez Goon, D'Angelo Russell, Jalen Green, Paolo Banchero, Jacopotl, Clint Capella, Tyler Hero. We could really reach down here. Draymond Green's still living. Uh, Jeremy Grant, we just talked about him as well. Uh, Franz Wagner, Jamal Murray are, uh, you know, uh, probably going to be our last pick in every single draft because Jamal Murray is being severely underdrafted. Uh, what direction do you want to go here with Steph Curry? Oh, you mentioned it, right? Like, if it's, if it's my draft, I'm probably just going to pick Jamal Murray and just say, okay, that's great. Like, there's a ton of value here. You mentioned it in the last episode, right? He was a top 35 player the last time he played. Mm-hmm. Like, um, there's a couple other guys I really like here, right? Draymond, you mentioned. Um, I would actually go probably Jeremy Grant. Okay. If I'm not going to go for Jamal Murray. And I think we talked about this a little bit in the in the first one with Nikola Jokic. Like, what is not to like about Jeremy Grant? And this is the this is the the advantage of Grant here against some of those other guys we talked about, right? And and maybe this is another reason why, you know, Draymond makes sense here is we're, we're pretty elite in points. But, like, another good score... Even if you say, okay, his points are going to go down a little bit in Portland, like, to what? 16? 17? Like, a good score in this range. How many guys around him are getting 17 a game? Not not everybody, for oh. sure. Um, so there's that. 
one one stealing a block. I feel like if you get a guy getting a block here, you're pretty damn good in blocks. Yeah, we're Back not. To, you're not going to be. You're going to be like right in the middle in blocks. I think here with 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 this team of a bunch of guys who don't, don't get know. good blocks, you might actually be a little bit above average. I would say with if you go if you went for Jared Allen and you say Jared Allen gets one point three in this and and Grant gets one. I would say you are probably fourth, fifth in blocks, which seems crazy, right? But so many guys are banking on they're going to get Miles Turner and they're going to get nobody else. They're going to get Rudy Gobert and they're going to get nobody else, right? Hmm? The problem with that is when those guys miss games, they've got no blocks. So you don't want to bank on this, right? But like in weeks where... You know, this guy's banking on this one guy to get him two blocks every night. Two blocks, two blocks, two blocks, two blocks. This guy misses one of those games in a three-game week. He's getting him four blocks for the week. You're smashing that guy. Yeah. And so that's why I like to kind of spread my blocks around. That's why I say, like, I'm not big on picking guys like Miles Turner super high because there's no need to do that. Yeah, you end up with a, a couple weeks where Miles Turner has a concussion, right? And all of a sudden, your team is mediocre, if not bad at blocks, it's, and you've built a not team even, around winning that category. It's not even those weeks, though. It's the weeks where he's a late scratch, or they decide to rest them. Those are the ones that grind me up. Because you missed a game. It was the one game you needed to get, you know, win the week in blocks. You lost by one. You lost by two. And you missed his three blocks against the Thunder. Right? Those are the ones that get me nowadays, right? And so I feel like Grant gives you a lead there, right? He's still getting you two threes, so you're you're amazing in that category. Um, and another guy who's hit his free throws the last two years, okay? which is one of our, if not our best category. Yeah, probably our best category, um, if not our second best category. But we're winning free throws for sure. I, I'm 100% in on Jeremy Grant. Um, I, I, I think I'm going to have to disqualify Jamal Murray from the Who Do I Draft a segment simply because we're going to draft him every single time. So uh, I don't know if you want to replace D'Angelo Russell and stick him in, in here, get a little extra uh, steals and uh, get a little extra uh, assists in there from D'Angelo. I, I feel like you're a little kind of overpaying for D'Angelo a little bit, uh, but good points, great assists and a steal, good free throw percentage, good three pointers. All the stats that you're already destroying people in, um, you know, D'Angelo Russell might help you destroy it even more. Taking Grant, uh, taking D'Angelo in the what sixth round, well, Jeremy you, Grant in the seventh see, round. Your rotoness is uh, is showing here. As you want to know where D'Angelo Russell finished a per game value last yeah, year? I know he's actually pretty good, and I I, I hate his percentages. Yeah, okay, like percentages aren't great, but he finished with that bad field goal percentage, 60th per game value. Played 65 games, so probably pretty similar where he finished in the totals. Like the elite assists are are what does it for him, right? Still good free throw, good threes, good points, uh, but it's the elite assists, right, that kind of bump him up. And you could say, okay, maybe Anthony Edwards takes some of that away. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Um, I feel like D'Angelo is actually not a bad pick at all in where he's going, right? Like, he's going in, at 70. He's probably a top top 60 player, right? Maybe just outside that. So, like, you're getting a little bit of value there. I don't love the pick, but but it's not something I hate either. 
I think it fits the build, right? And we're really like, quite frankly, we're just dominating. We're dominating people in, in uh, like four or five categories. They just destroying people in four or five categories, and we're competitive in, in in all the other categories except for maybe field goal. But even then, I think we're doing all right. Like if Steph Curry kind of reverse back to the mean, I think we're doing fine there, and we're doing fine in blocks. Our I would call our worst categories, right? I'm gonna throw in. We we rarely do this, Tyler, but it's a special occasion. I'm gonna throw in a bonus round pick 91 because I think there's a guy sitting at exactly at 91 who you should 100% pick with the 91st pick. His name is Gary Trent Jr., and he fits this build perfectly as well. Oh, Gary Trent. I like Gary Trent. Gary I like Trent Gary Trent Jr. a lot. 70th, 70th ranked player last year in per-game value, and for some reason he's going 91st. So another guy, like, what's wrong with Gary Trent? He's not old. He's not really a- a- anything. Yeah, like, are they no like, oh, Pascal be... Siakam's back. OG Anunoby's not hurt. He's not going to get enough playing time. I think, he'll, I think he'll get some playing time. He played 35 minutes a game last year, so I guess maybe that's where people are going like, oh, you know, um, I don't want him. The steals might have been a little fluky, too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, 1.7 steals a game, and and that might be a little bit fluky, but, like, even still, like, you're saying, okay, you know, he takes some steps back, so maybe he gets 1.3 steals, 1.4. Like, sure, he's not elite in that category, but, like, I just told you that he finished 70th, and you're picking him at 90, so... He can afford to take a little step back. Um, I, I really like Gary Trent. I actually have gotten Gary Trent in quite a few leagues. Um, he's, he's a guy that I like. He's about. He's not even 24. He's about to be 24. Um, once again, this triples down or quintuples down on free throw, three pointers, and points. Um, you know, at, at this stage, right, you're almost at the hundred mark. You're getting, you're not, none of these guys are perfect. None of these guys are good across the board. Uh, but um, this guy is got elite uh, threes, like you know, above three three-pointers a game. Um, you're not going to get a lot of guys approaching 20 points or over 15 points a game uh, closer to the 100 mark. Here's a guy who's doing that. And the steals might be a fluke. They might not. If he reverts back to 1, 1. 1.2, 1. 1.3, eh, so be it. It's the 100th pick, right? Um, and so, you know, I like throwing him in there just because I, I saw him down there. I was like, the next pick is 91. And I looked down there and I go, oh, Gary Trent at 91. I like Gary Trent at 91. He's probably one of my, I, I'm also getting him in a lot of leagues. So let's, let's review the, the, this barn burner of a team. Um, Steph Curry, obviously sixth overall pick at 19 PG 13, um, crazy steals, really good, uh, assists and rebounds. Now our scoring is is at a pretty elite level. Deal at pick thirty scoring is ultra elite. Assists are really good. We have a, two guards and a forward, but our rebounds aren't bad. Our free throws are elite. Our three pointers are elite. Our steals are elite. We follow that up at pick forty three. Jared Allen balancing out the team, getting those rebounds, um, getting double digit rebounds, right? Getting the blocks, getting good. Free throw percentage from our center. By the way, um, not not well. Hold on, maybe I uh, maybe I'm misremembering uh, Jared Allen's free throw percentage. Um, seventy. I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's not great. It's, but not, it's not great, terrible. but it's not bad. It's above seventy. I'll take it. Uh, what I meant to say was great field goal percentage, balancing out that field goal percentage. Um, and then, like I said, if Steph Curry reversed the mean, now we're looking at a pretty good field goal team. 
followed by Jordan Poole at 54. Uh, another score, another three-pointer, getting good assists, uh, good steals. Uh, D'Angelo Russell or Jeremy uh, Jeremy Grant or obviously Jamal Murray. You want Jamal Murray here. We're, we're banning Jamal Murray from who do I draft because we, we're going to draft him every time. So D'Angelo, he fits the he fits the mold uh, of Jamal Murray's there. Take Jamal Murray. Uh, Jeremy Grant is the other pick here, either at, at 78 or 67. You can have him at either, really, um, it seems. Or, yeah, because, yeah, Jeremy Grant is currently his ADP is 78.6. So you could get him at 67. You get him at 78. Um, you know, play a little careful with that 78 since he is going at 78. But Jeremy Grant fits the mold. 1-1-2 guy. It's going to be the second leading scorer in Portland. And then bonus bonus round, Gary Trent Jr. for the win. Tyler, who's beating us in three-pointers, free throws, points, or assists? That's four categories. Who's beating us in any of those categories? Nobody. I mean, like, that's why I think – that's why he's my number two player. It's like – I was just find it maybe easiest to build this kind of whatever you want to call it, super team around him. He's so good at so many things, and there always are just players that kind of pair perfectly with what Steph Curry can do. There's, I mean, you could go in. I think that's the beauty of Steph Curry, right? There's gonna be other guys we get into, like Giannis, who really they are. They do have that kind of glaring category hole where you you are potentially more likely to go a certain path you don't have to i think there's ways to build around Giannis's weaknesses uh just like any of these players but with curry right every path is open to you even though he is guard point guard he's just so good at everything every single path uh, in front of you is open to you You can lean into his stats like we did here but there were plenty of uh pivot points where we could have went the completely different direction oh and here's the and, and maybe we should save this for the Giannis episode, but I'll, I'll tell you a thought process that I have with him in particular. is like, to make Giannis better at the, the two categories where he's bad, you're hurting one of his best categories, which is field goal percentage. Almost certainly, right? And so that, in turn, kind of becomes a weird balancing act that makes it a little tougher to build around him. Whereas for Steph Curry, like, yeah, okay, like, maybe his field goal is not the best, but, like, we've seen years where Steph Curry shot, like, 48%, right? So, don't count out that his field goal is terrible, like, just because it was last year, like, some weird stuff happened. Um, I feel like it's just a little easier because Steph Curry's really not bad at anything. Like, his worst category, to me, is blocks. Again, like, point four at a guard, good. Whereas Giannis, like... Two categories, bad, and both big detriments to what you're trying to do, right? Like, 1.13 is not good anymore, and 72% from the field, 72% free throw, you're going to really have a hard time making that up because it's on such big volume. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's those volumes that really do matter. And I think, if anything, I can preach, right, to the fancy basketball listening community um, is that percentages matter you should care about percentages you should pursue percentages be, uh, percentages right because chances are one two three four different guys almost half your league is punting one or the other straight up punting 
one or the other. So, really, if you have, like, we didn't give up on field goal percentage here just because our first three picks were not the best field goal percentage guys, right? But we, since we didn't give up on them, since we didn't punt, we ignored, and we built kind of our field goal percentage back up a little bit with certain picks, um, we're now competitive. Chances are you're going to beat, instead of being down at the bottom with those those three or four guys who are punting field goal, um, you're going to beat them handedly every time. And that's that's just another category win for each week. Yeah, and that's really all you can ask for, right? You just wanna you just wanna bang categories, bang as many categories as you can. Yes, hundred percent. You want to be competitive. You don't know who you're gonna play in the playoffs, and I think that's another key is that you could just end up with the wrong matchup in the playoffs. You could be the best team in the league. You can have the best record in the league, and you end up with the wrong matchup in the playoffs, and you're out in the first round. And build a team that can go against anybody and this is the way to do it i think this is a very good team tyler um i think that's it for who do i draft with steph curry where can people find you on twitter you can find me on twitter at tyler p watts and you can find me at watch the boxes if you want to see the results of this who do i draft it's on patreon patreon.com slash watching the boxes um it is there for for free y'all we're, we're just putting this stuff up there you don't even have to you know you don't even have to subscribe you don't even have to pay anything at all. But if you want to be cool, you want to help the show out, you could be cool like uh, Johnny Bolas. And uh, his his email is giving away his real name, but I want to call him by the name that he signed up on Patreon. Uh, Drink Guy McQuaid. It's a great name. Um, shout out to Ooh, dude. Johnny Bolas and Drink I, Guy McQuaid. I'm a- I might start using that as a moniker when I hit the bars on the weekends. Drink Guy McQuaid, shout out to you. Johnny Bolas, even though you have a regular name, it's a cool name too. Shout out to our new Patreons. Uh, we appreciate your support. Uh, we love you very much, all of our Patreons. Uh, we love our listeners too, even though you're not supporting the show financially, which is, you know, just I just want to espresso in the morning. Is that, is that too much to ask? Uh, just, you know, pay for like three espressos a month for me. That'd be cool. Espressos are very expensive in Chicago. Um, and, um, you know, it's hard times out here. Inflation's getting everybody. Um, so if you like the show, like I said, support the show. Patreon.com slash watching the boxes. We got some fun stuff coming up on Twitch, twitch.tv slash watching the boxes. Uh, and I actually might be on a, a few other shows here in, uh, coming up in the future weeks, but we're going to continue with our Who Do I Draft series very soon. We will catch you next time. Mm-hmm.